Welcome back to another episode of the Team Builder Podcast. Today, I'm with Hunter Lakey, who is currently the Assistant Baseball Strength and Conditioning Coach at Mississippi State University. So thanks for coming on here today. We're happy to have you. Why don't you go ahead and just introduce yourself and give your career path up to this point? Yeah, Grace. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be able to talk about my journey. Um, like you said, I'm Hunter Lakey. I'm an assistant baseball training conditioning coach here at Mississippi State. And uh, I just kind of started getting settled in here. Um, I got here probably about two weeks ago. So I'm still kind of finding my way around here. But um, prior to that, a couple months ago, I graduated from Elon uh, in May. So I graduated with a degree in exercise science with a minor in coaching. Um, while I was there for my four years, I kind of had a unique experience where I was able to intern, uh, with the Elon sports performance department for four years. So I started off kind of as an intern, um, just kind of, you know, doing typical intern things. And then I had the privilege within the last two years, as I gained more experience to, um, become an undergrad assistant, which was basically allowing me to have a couple specific sports where I was assisting with not necessarily leading, but being able to be almost like a full-time assistant on the floor. Um, and that was baseball, uh, women's lacks and football as well. Prior to that, uh, in between, when I was uh, in between classes and in my summers, I went to TCU for my first internship where I worked under Zach Dakin. And there I was in 2021. So that was kind of um, in kind of the the happening of the COVID era. And there uh, it was a great opportunity to be able to work under him. And um, I love Texas so much that my next summer, I ended up taking a professional role at Texas A&M football, where I was a professional sports performance intern, uh, if you want the accurate title, with three other guys. Um, unfortunately, because I had to go back for my senior year, I only worked for the summers, whereas the three guys who were hired alongside me worked for the entire season. So that was, it was basically a part-time job at that point. Um, and then it kind of all started, um, really by accident when, uh, my strength conditioning journey started technically before I even got on Elon. So basically, um, I reached out to my local high school. They had an opening for a sports, um, first responder. And basically I got to be able to work there as almost like an athletic trainer, but also a little bit strength conditioning. So that's kind of how I got started in my coaching, um, realm. And from there, I just really loved it. So. Awesome. Yeah. So your first internship was at TCU. Yes, ma'am. So my first offsite internship was at TCU. Um, but I did start. So Technically, my official start date at Elon was January of 2020. So right before the pandemic, I don't even know if I could say it was a full semester, but it kind of um, it started during that J term, which is a special semester for Elon that we have, which is the month of January. And then all the way until, uh, you know, as you know, things got canceled. So, yeah. Why don't you go ahead and just highlight some of the positive experiences that you had going from internship to internship? Yeah. So I think with my experience um, being so spread out. I think that that was one of the big positives for me. And and I think also um, it was almost kind of luck in how I kind of ended up finding out this is what I wanted to do. Because, you know, there are a lot of people out there who don't stumble across this until later in their careers. I mean, it's one of those things where, you know, going into my first, you know, full-time job here, you know, I already have four years of internship experience, whereas a lot of people maybe, you know, graduate college around the same age as I am and they're just starting their internship. So that was a unique experience and a positive that I had in terms of my internship experience and something that I had the luxury of that while I was taking classes, you know, after classes, I'd be able to go into the afternoons and evenings and, you know, intern. And so it kind of compounded over time. And um, eventually, you know, I got to kill two birds and one stone with getting my degree and, you know, interning. So I feel like that accelerated progress, if you will, um, ended up putting me into a really positive light to be able to get a really good opportunity uh, here in full-time role at SEC school after um, college. Additionally, you know, a lot of positives that came from it was the staffs I got to work under. It was one of those things that 
when I tell people, it's like, oh yeah, I started at Elon in 2020 and I've spent four years. Everybody's like, oh man, that must've been right place, right time. Right. Um, and truth be told at the time when I started, Elon was kind of really unknown. They had about thousand followers on Instagram. You know, people knew of, of Elon, but not to the extent they know of them now. And it was one of those things I'm, I'm really fortunate to be able to get into that situation where I was able to have four years at a great institution like that. And with a great staff, um, including, you know, Nick DeMarco, who's fantastic, you know, been there since, you know, 2018. And he's done a phenomenal job there with the internship program, hiring on staff members there. And I had the absolute privilege of, of having some really good mentors. And now I can say some really good friends, too, that I made there. Um, additionally, you know, my other internships at TCU and Texas a a lot of positives was, again, like I said, at Elon, while they had good coaches, I was going and I was also learning from really, really great coaches. Like that was the main, main priority that I um, looked for when it came to looking for an internship outside of Elon. And then additionally too, it, it allowed me to pursue other opportunities with these coaches. So by networking with these coaches, I was able to do a lot of cool things. Like after my TCU at, or after my internship at TCU, I was able to write an ebook with Zach Dakin, um, which is really cool. Got my name out there. Um, you know, some had a published material out there and, you know, it, it was a really good way to be able to contact uh, other coaches within the field and get your name out there as well. So, you know, you do a good job in those places and you you set a good example, then you get rewarded on the back end with it. Right. Um, but yeah, that's, that's some of the positives that I experienced, I guess, through my four years. Sweet. Yeah. That's really good experience at first, especially doing an undergrad internship. You're able to apply what you're learning right away, as opposed yep. to going through material and not really knowing what to do with it, honestly. I oh, yeah. feel like that happens a lot. <laughs> so that's, that's really cool. Oh, yeah. it's It was really nice because, you know, once you start to get a lens of where you're at in strength conditioning, the material starts to fall into place. You know, it's not just out there in your face and you're like, what am I doing with this? Like you said. Yeah. Yeah. It's more so adding context to oh, yeah. important information. So looking back at your experiences, are there any ways you think you could have gotten more out of your internship experience? So, you know, that could be like asking more questions or or things that you could have done better. Yeah, absolutely. And this question actually got me for a little bit because of, you know, I've had so, so many more experiences and time to be able to like, you know, fix things that I didn't like from internship to internship. I'd say that one of my biggest things, and this is probably going to be a non-related strength and conditioning thing, but being genuine, right? Um, being more of myself around the coaching staff, it if you're in the right internship, the coaches there should be good human beings. And at the same time, you should be able to be your most genuine self. And the places that I was fortunate enough to work with, I really did enjoy the company that I was around and the mentors there that while you know, they were very strict on me and they held me to a very, very high standard every day, they were really good human beings that I got to work with. And I was fortunate to be in that place. And by that property, you know, I was able to come on my shell, especially towards the end of my internship experience. You know, when I'm 19 years old and just starting out, I'm a little timid around these guys, you know. Um, and over time, I started to learn that, you know, um, that I had the most success when I was genuine with these coaches, especially when I was off site and I was only spending three months or with these strength conditioning coaches. So, like Zach or AM, I found that if I was my own genuine self around these guys, then they appreciated it more and I was able to form better relationships. And, um, I was just able to have a better experience there and a better networking opportunity post that. I would say also something that I would have improved is that towards the end of my internship, I started thinking of myself more as a teacher. So maybe it was the confidence that I had on the floor, but instead of me just being a coach and telling people what to do, and and I think a lot of coaches can fall into that of, of giving athletes cues or telling them this is how it's done and not providing context. I think that 
being able to be a teacher on the floor and explain to these athletes, you know, this is why we're doing it. This is how you do it. Um, you know, and have it all fall into place of maybe why we're doing this for your sport and how this is going to get you better. I think that that allowed me to get a lot more buy-in and it allowed me in explaining this to my athletes, helped me to have a more clear view of my program and how things were laid out. And, you know, I still have guys coming up to me when I first got here, I'm coming in, I'm explaining to guys, you know, why we're doing this movement, why I'm queuing them up on this certain thing. And they're coming up to me and they're like, man, I really appreciate that. You know, like, I love how you teach me like why we're doing this instead of just telling me how it is because these kids want to be in charge of their training as well, you know? Um, but other than that, you know, um, I think maybe the last thing that I, the last thing that I could have gotten more out of this internship would probably be taking advantage of resources. I feel like I did not a great job of taking advantage of the resources at my disposal. And if you're at a really big school, you have a plethora of resources, whether that be sports psychology, nutrition, data science, even just sport coaches. You know, when you're at those those schools, you know, there is a bunch of staff around there that that are experts in that discipline, pick their brain every once in a while, you know, figure out a lot of things. And this is probably a quote you're going to hear me say, you know, additionally throughout this podcast, but my first mentor, Nick DeMarco, told me, um, know a little about a lot and a lot about a little. And so that's kind of the mantra that I had going into my internships. And when it comes to these places, soak in everything that you can with these internships and pick anybody's brain that you can, because again, they're experts in their field. They know what they're doing. And so if you could pick up more about their disciplines, then you'll be a better coach because of it. Um, but yeah, that's kind of what I got. Yeah. Those are all really good points. And I also think it's really important too for athletes to have an understanding of why they're doing something. Some athletes don't care, but for the ones that do, it just helps paint the picture for them and buy-in is huge, obviously. So that makes a lot of sense. Maybe this isn't something that you could have specifically done, but is there anything that you could, you can think of that might've improved your internship experience? Maybe that's something that was added, could be added into the curriculum or something along those lines. Yeah. Um, actually I'm, I'm going to give a shout out here, Gabe Mason at Elon, uh, who's now the current internship coordinator. He took over the reins after Jordan Osmo, who did a fantastic job. Um, Gabe has done a fantastic job in my last semester of really hammering the internship curriculum. And he spent, you know, countless nights and hours perfecting this. And when I was leaving on the back end, because this is the one semester I was like, you know, I've done this internship, like, three times, four times at this point. So I was kind of sitting in on meetings, but he added a lot of different, um, a lot of different concepts to it. Like I spoke to in my other thing about different resources. So um, one of the things he added into the internship was weekly calls uh, with other coaches. So in fact, me and uh, my director here, Scott Shipman, we have a call with him next week in, this, in the in- interns um, just to talk about, you know, our program here, have the interns pick our brain and it allows us to network too with those interns and them to network with us. So they could pick our brain, figure out any questions. And that's just a great way to be able, if, if you're an intern in this field, to be able to like kind of make it not so scary. You know, if you're talking to coaches, every week, then, you know, you kind of start to get out of your shell. You figure out this is a regular thing and it's, oh, it's not the big bad monster that you think it is where everybody's just going to be, you know, super rude and and not consider your time. Um, Because at the end of the day, again, if we have a lot of good human beings in this field and a lot of people do want to chat with you and they want to reach out. So it's important that they get to see that as an intern. And additionally, he's um, putting in, like I said, other concepts. So the internship curriculum covers a data science aspect, um, a sports science, a psychology, and nutrition. And the biggest thing is money built or uh, money management. 
and resume building. So not only are they learning how to program, are they learning the strength conditioning, you know, X's and O's, the concepts, but they're also learning how to manage money uh, efficiently, you know, when they're first starting out or maybe when they do have a job or they're learning how to, you know, wear many different hats by being able to know how to use data science and how to properly format and visualize data for sport coaches and everything like that. And then I guess, you know, my biggest one that I really harp on is resume building portfolios and talking to other sport coaches, you know, that's the biggest thing that going from an internship, you need, you know, the resume is the first thing these coaches are going to be able to see when it, you know, comes across your desk. So the more that you can stand out to these coaches and the more that you can ace those first, you know, that first phone call or that first, you know, initial interview, the better chances of you have of landing that job. So really it's a holistic approach that he's put together at Elon. And it's just, in my opinion, it's a fantastic job. You know, I haven't seen a lot of schools do that. Um, and I, I think it's really a, a unique experience if you're trying to be able to get the whole picture for conditioning. Yeah, I like the resume building at the end. That's very practical. And, you know, you could have had a really great internship experience and be ahead of the game, I guess, more so than other applicants. But if your resume or cover letter or things like that don't make a good first impression, then, you know, it's it's almost useless. So, exactly. so those things are so important. <laughs> oh, yeah, exactly. So, yeah. That's great. So what are some skills that you learned during your internship? Yeah. So the biggest thing that the biggest skill that my coaches wanted me to learn was coaching ability. Um, being able to be on the floor, like my boss, uh, coach DeMarco at Elon and even Zach Dakin at TCU said, you know, um, you can learn the X's and O's later in your life. It's it's not something that, you know, is going to take up too much of your time. You know, you just go through an internship manual once or twice and, you know, you're still learning over time because new content's coming out. But the biggest thing within your internship period that you need to be really focused on is your coaching ability, being on the floor, being able to lead groups, uh, queue up athletes, you know, watch other coaches and how they queue up and see different programs. So that was one of the biggest skills that I put to the forefront of my coaching and throughout four, my four years of interning, since I put that to the forefront, I truly believe that that is one of my strong suits. Now, I'm you know, obviously going to give a huge shout out to the coaches that allowed me to have that coaching ability um, because when it came to me and looking for internships, I wanted to go someplace where I could learn from some incredibly high level coaches who coached almost to perfection. And you know, I'm thankful for Nick DeMarco, who brought in a lot of good coaches, um, Brandon Robinson, who's in the tactical setting, Hunter Bell, who was at Elon, and now he's the director of strength and conditioning or baseball strength and conditioning in Arkansas. Um, Zach, who's obviously, you know, one of the very well-regarded baseball strength and conditioning coaches and how he coaches is is phenomenal. I took a lot from him going into uh, the next couple of years of my career, and then I'm still taking from him, um, as well as Andrew Benham, who's currently there and the rest of our uh, Elon performance staff. But that was one of the biggest skills that I feel like that I took from my four years of internship and one of the big reasons that, you know, I'm in the position that I'm at now because, um, you know, every, again, everybody in the field is doing the same stuff. It's, it's just no secret, but it's about how you do it. So that's the biggest thing that at least moved the needle for me. Other skills that I learned, um, just being on the floor again with coaching ability, being able to read a room, right? Building relationships with athletes. The more you're on the floor, the more you're able to see, you know, how they come into the room, how they're, uh, you know, interacting. If you're able to build those relationships with the athletes, number one, you create more buy-in. Number two, you're able to ask questions about, you know, let's say your lift is after practice. And if you're reading the room and you have those relationships, you know, you could tell they're a little tired. If you go up to them and ask them, hey, you know, how was practice today? 
you know, then maybe it's like, oh, it was really hard today. We kind of, you know, got gassed, you know, we're, we're not feeling so great. Then as a coach, you can make the adjustment there. So the more you're on the floor, the more you see these athletes come in, the more how you see their moods and, and, you know, their, uh, attitudes reflect throughout the training sessions throughout the year, you're able to make more, um, conscious decisions. Okay. Things aren't necessarily right. You know, this person right here isn't necessarily, uh, looking the best. Maybe I should, you know, just ask if everything's okay. Um, and I think my, the biggest strong suit there is in building relationships is a huge key piece in coaching and something that, you know, again, was very harped on by the coaches that I learned under. And like I said, I'm going to go back to the quote that I had talked about with coach DeMarco, knowing uh, a little about a lot and a lot about a little, you know, being able to learn from all these coaches, their craft and, and their expertise, but also being able to go through these different internship curriculums was huge for me. You know, yes, some of the content is the same, but it's not always taught the same. You know, Zach had different concepts than Elon. Elon had different con concepts than A&M. But at the end of the day, it all, you know, went to the same toolbox for me to be able to use, you know, whether it was, you know, right now I'm in a baseball role, but some of the stuff that I learned at A&M when I was with football is great training, you know, great training modalities that I can use, you know, here at Mississippi state or with another baseball program, or, and there were some, some stuff that we use with QBs there that I really like that I'm going to put with, you know, my baseball athletes in terms of their rotator cuff stuff. Um, and, you know, obviously all of that experience of learning from other coaches, picking their brain, talking shop, doing internships basically allows you to have confidence in your craft and having confidence in your crafts allows you to talk to other coaches. It allows you to uh, create that network to be able to share ideas and they share ideas back. It's basically the key for you and, you know, in strength and conditioning that allows you to, you know, unlock yourself, I guess, within the community, because, you know, people are going to call and be like, what are you doing here? You know, why are you doing this? If you're, if you're doing social media and you're posting on there, people are going to ask why. So having confidence in your craft and being able to know why you're doing stuff allows you to, you know, teach better and also be able to connect yourself better within the field and coaches who are intrigued about what you're doing and especially in sport with sport coaches as well. Um, but yeah, I mean, that right there can, can align with a ton of different, you know, avenues in terms of, you know, resume, um, interviews, because, you know, obviously when you're an interview, they're going to obviously ask you about, you know, your craft and your plans and what you hope to do. And if you don't have that confidence there, then, you know, are they going to put their confidence in you to be able to run their program? That's all really good insight from, you know, what you learned and what skills you developed and going back to coaching ability. Obviously there are a few skills within coaching ability, I would say. Do you remember any activities that you did to help with communication or, you know, what cues to use, things like that to improve your coaching ability? Yeah, absolutely. So I think the first thing, I mean, obviously, you know, coaching ability is, is about experience. So with Elon, you know, and a lot of these internships that they, they just throw you out there, right? It's like, you know, trial by fire, right? So you know, you can know all the cues front and back. You could read the book. You could read all these movements. You could do it with the interns. But when you actually get on the floor, the music's blaring, everything like that, you know, if if you're, you're not ready for it, you know, you, everything kind of goes out the door and you're panicking. And so you have to have the experience to be able to coach efficiently. Right. I mean, I remember when I was I was 19, I, was, I just started at Elon as a freshman and my very first week, uh, Nick DeMarco came up to me. He was like, hey, so uh, you want to run uh, the warm up? And I was like, uh, yeah, sure. And I. I failed miserably. It was, it was not great. It definitely humbled me. Um, I was like, wow, this is, this is, you know, a lot, but, um, it was a great experience for me and I was hungry to be able to, to do better. And so by that aspect, you know, when it feels uncomfortable, go after it, right. When, when maybe you don't feel like, ah, I'm not the most confident, you know, go out there, give 110% and then, you know, 
obviously, you know, there's going to be feedback from the coaches and you're going to have your own feedback, but it just gets better over time. Additionally, Zach did this one, uh, one thing when I first got there that with the interns, he would take the music and he would put it all the way up to max. So that's, that's the typical thing that, you know, typical strength conditioning coaches do, but you got to be loud, right? You got, you got to be able to take what you, you know, in terms of your coaching ability and you got to be able to be loud and vocal with it. And that's one of the biggest things that, you know, um, he was very, you know, prominent on, especially in the beginning was take what you know, cause you guys are very well knowledgeable and use it, you know, be loud with it, you know, command a room he, at the end of the day, you know, it wasn't just for us to speak loud. It was for us to be able to command when other things are going on. And then I think the biggest thing for me was personally mirroring other coaches. So this is probably a little cliche, but I always had a small pocket notebook in my pocket and a pen. So when I was working with Zach or when I was working with AM or when I was working with Hunter Bell, I would always have that notebook around. And so what I would do is if I'm coaching a group right here and I see uh, Hunter Bell off to the side, I have my notebook here. And if he's coaching up something different, I'm writing down different cues and I'm memorizing them. And now if I have those cues memorized, I'll look and glance at them. And now if I'm coaching that movement, I'll go back and I'll use those similar cues. I'm almost parroting it. Right. And the more you parrot it, the more that you start to think about it. And the more that I'm you know, thinking about it, I'm thinking, okay, that makes sense. You know, we're putting our feet together in an RDL because it allows us to get, you know, um, it allows us to get more hinge, you know, when we're hinging back or we have some more knee bend, you know, with guys who, um, you know, maybe need a little more, you know, extension in that RDL to allow them to get further back, it, you know, the more that you start to parrot them and explain to yourself why you're using that cue, it really starts to translate and you gain a better understanding of why you're cueing it, right? And and I think that personally for me, mirroring these other coaches and seeing how they coached and then trying to mirror that within my own coaching to an extent was the biggest thing, obviously, that helped me. Um, and I'm fortunate, though, to be able to be around those coaches because, again, they were very good at their craft and I was able to learn a ton from them. So I personally believe that like I said earlier, that my coaching ability obviously came from the reps that I got over the four years, but a huge part from the coaches that I was able to learn from because not every, not everybody coaches the same or coaches the details, you know, um, like a lot of programs out there. Yeah, definitely. And another skill you mentioned was reading the room or also, I guess, relationship building. That's kind of hand, it goes hand in hand. Mm-hmm. Were there any activities or at least steps that you went through in your head to improve that skill? Yeah. Um, I usually say that because when a lot of people ask me, um, they're like, oh, it's easier for you because you're a student. You know, you get these guys, you know, you're about the same age. But at the end of the day, it's actually really funny because when I first started, I didn't tell anybody that I was a student at the time. Uh, I had a couple of track and field athletes who actually I had one track and field athlete who thought I was 30 at the time uh, when I was a freshman. So I was 19 at the time and thought I was 30. So at the end of the day, I, I give it to them and I'm like, well, I, I, I don't necessarily think that that is the case. But in terms of re- relationship building, I think it's it's honestly as simple as asking them how you are or how how are they, right? Um that can just go such a long way because, you know, if you they walk in, you know, you got to think of them as human beings too. Like yes, they're your athletes and yes, you know, you know, you're going to hold them to a high standard, but you know, at the end of the day, you know, they're human beings, they have classes, they have relationships, they have things that go bad and so by simply asking them, you know, how are they doing? it opens the door for them to be able to elaborate, right? It allows you to be able to build on that relationship. And so they start sharing more of who they are, you know, what's going on with them, um, asking them simple, simple things as well as like, you know, how's class today? Um, how's practice today? Uh, you know, how are you feeling? Um, stuff like that, like, like nothing too personal, but things like that on how they're feeling kind of allows you to get a better gauge of, of how they are. And especially if you start to see this athlete on a consistent daily basis and you're asking them every day how they're doing, then let's say one day, you know, you see them walk in, 
excuse me, walk in and you see that they're, you know, kind of sluggish and you ask them how they're doing and, you know, obviously, or how the practice was. And it's like, oh, we got beat, you know, it's, or I'm so tired, you know, then the next time they come in, they look like that, you know, you ask them how they're doing. Typically they're probably going to say the same thing. It's going to be a hard practice. Right. And that's one of the biggest things that, again, the more you ask them how they're doing, you know, every day, the more that you're kind of getting, you know, that feedback, the better you're able to make future decisions about it. Um, in terms of relationship building, I mean, I think at the end of the day, it's, it's, um, you know, obviously being personable with them, not too personable, being personable. And then also just making sure that they know that you have their best interests as heart, right? You're explaining to them why they're doing it. Like you said, a lot of kids love to hear it. Some kids don't, but most of the time, you know, when you're explaining something, you're teaching them how to do it. They're, they're pretty, pretty eyes and ears, you know, and they're going to, you know, appreciate you a lot for the work that you're putting in for them and making them better at their sport. Definitely. Yeah. We, we have to think of athletes as humans, just like you said, and it's a human to human connection, which is probably the most important part of it. Mm -hmm. Looking back on your internship experiences, what were some things that you wish you knew ahead of time? This is one that I kind of realized later in my career, but I think the biggest thing for me was if you're a coach who's trying to parrot or mirror the programs that you're with, because my philosophy when I got into a program is I'm the assistant, you know, I'm coming in and I'm trying to, you know, make obviously the person that I'm working under like their program as seamless as possible. So that means that they're talking in a similar language. I'm going to talk in a similar language. They're acting a similar way. I'm going to act in a similar way. And I think as a young coach and intern, you got to be careful not to lose yourself too much, right. To not, lose yourself when it comes to mirroring these other coaches. And that's something that I kind of learned later in my internship experience and that I was learning under these really, really great coaches. Some of them who are very authoritarian in, in nature and that were great at their job and held people to a very, very high standard. And when it came to me working under them and having the mindset of, oh, you know, I'm going to mimic what they're doing. I'm going to have the same attitude. I'm going to have the same structure. I almost lost myself a little bit as a coach. You know, it's easy to be able to get yourself wrapped up in this program, but at the end of the day, one of my mentors, Brandon Robinson said, you know, you got to think about this as, as, as your program. You got to think about this as, as, if, as if it's your program. How are you going to coach it? How are you going to program? What are you going to do differently? And I think that once I went to Texas A&M, so I had this great experience um, at Elon and coming from TCU and I, and I really came in guns a blazing and I went to A&M and had my own groups and was leading my own groups. And I realized that without, you know, Elon behind me, I was, you know, kind of struggling to figure out who I was. Right. And I think A&M was a great opportunity for me to be able to find out who I was as a coach. And then coming back into Elon, it gave me a lot more confidence in what my craft was, how I'm going to coach at my teams in the future and, you know, who I am as a strength and conditioning coach within the field and not just necessarily just some paper, you know, or cut and copied coach that's, you know, in the field, just like everybody else, you know? So, I'd say that that was my biggest thing that I wish I knew as an intern is to not get yourself so wrapped up within the different training styles, the different coaching styles, you know, find room to to have your own individuality within coaching, right? Be your own coach because that's what's going to separate you from everybody else. Um, obviously, don't just say stay within the strength conditioning silo. You know, this field is becoming too broad to be able to just sit, stay within, you know, lifting heavy weights all the time, you know you're working typically if you're at an internship, you're working under one, two, maybe even five coaches. I mean, learn from them. They have their own expertise, whether that be um, energy system development, biomechanics, renting mechanics, I mean, anything, pick their brains, try and figure out um, what else you can learn about that. Because at the end of the day, when it comes to your own program, you know, there's going to be a lot of aspects, unless you're working with, 
you know, one specific particular sport in general, you're typically going to have a bunch of sports and the more well-rounded you could be with that stuff, the better you'll be able to program and the easier it's going to be. Right. And then the last thing I'm going to say, and that's the biggest thing that I'm going to harp on is social media, you know, something that's cliche, but I think that I obviously, you know, gained more notoriety and had more success in number one, me explaining my training methods within the field, you know, entering the field of strength conditioning, being known by more coaches, connecting with more coaches, being able to network a little bit better was created from social media. And even so like being able to have a job like this and and future jobs was created by social media. Uh, A while ago, back in November, I made a graphic and put it out on Instagram and Twitter, just saying, Hey, I'm graduating in 2023. Um, I'm looking for a GA opportunity or full-time opportunity or anything like that. And I mean, everybody's on their phone. If you're like me, I'm always on Twitter or Instagram. And it was something new and different. And a lot of coaches reached out to me and said, this is different. This is new. It's better than an email. I'm seeing this out here and I'm seeing your digital resume on here. And so I know that you're obviously putting out good stuff. Like we have this opportunity here. And I actually was fortunate enough to be able to have a lot of opportunities from that. And honestly, if you're honest truth, all those opportunities came from my social media post. It didn't come from, you know, them just me reaching out to other other people. It came from people seeing that post, reaching out to me, DMing me, emailing me. You know, it, it, it was something different that not a lot of people in the field are doing. And I think that if you can give yourself a stack of, you know, reasons and a stack of evidence that, hey, this is my training. This is what I think. This is what I'm doing. It allows coaches to be able to better gauge, you know, what they're getting as a product, right? That's a really good tip. I actually haven't heard of that either. Just posting it on social media because coaches are there now. So they'll, oh, yeah. they'll see it. That's great. And then I'm sure some of your your friends might have shared it too. And they know other coaches and it just kind of blows up that way. That's that's awesome. Oh, yeah, absolutely. It was, it was it just, you know, out of left field, I threw it out there. Nobody ever did it. And it, it paid off. And and, uh, you know, that's the one thing if I can tell like former interns or interns currently now, right now, I mean, that's the biggest chunk of advice that I've, I've had the most success on. And, and, you know, I, I wouldn't be where I am honestly without it. So, uh, I wouldn't be here especially, but yeah. Sweet. Yeah. As we wrap up, do you have any other advice that you would give to current interns? Um, yeah, actually focus on coaching first and foremost. Like I said earlier in this podcast, I mean, the X's and O's will come in time, but spend as much time as you can on the floor, learn from these coaches. And honestly, if I'm you, uh, it it arguably takes the longest with coaching. It's not just going to be something that you can pick up in a month. And it was something that I was getting really frustrated when I first started out. Like I'm watching all these coaches being able to queue up an athlete on an RDL with all these different cues and it's overwhelming at times. And I'm like, I want to be there. Right. But it take it takes so long. Like even after four years of interning, everything like that, I'm still learning new coaching cues. I'm still like trying to be more efficient at coaching up groups and athletes and leading groups. So you can never have too much coaching experience. You can never, right? Um, and so I think that at the end of the day, you know, for me, my mindset was to find good coaches who coach the details at an extremely, extremely high level and do what it takes to be able to intern under them. I mean. With my internship with TCU and Zach Dakin, I was working uh, on weekends at a printing facility, making uh, you know twelve dollars an hour, manual labor stuff, bringing apart machines, um, packing boxes, you know, just doing stuff like that. But I I worked those weekends when you know baseball, who was one of my sports I was training was um, or assisting with, was playing on the weekends. I was in this printing facility from eight or seven in the morning till, you know, four in the afternoon. And I saved enough money to be able to go to TCU to pay for my rent, um, to pay for, you know, other opportunities. And so 
I had to make some sacrifice to be able to get there. And it, it's, it's tough, right? It's if you're a young performance coach, strength conditioning coach out there who wants to be able to go to these places, but money is a financial, you know, obstacle, there's going to have to be some kind of sacrifice. And personally for me, you know, like do whatever it takes. It's worth it. I promise. Like if, if you're going to a place who has a, a stacked reputation like TCU or Elon or, or, or somewhere else, you know, you're going to get your bank for your book. Just make sure when you go, you know, that you make the most of it. Right. Like that was my mindset when I got there. I, I didn't do anything else. I was there to learn under him and to be able to, you know, get the most experience that I could and make the biggest impression that I could. And, and I think it paid off for me there. Um, and, you know, again, a lot of programs that I'm going to shout out for high intent is, is Arkansas baseball. I mean, Hunter Bell, like I mentioned there, he's an incredible coach, one of the best coaches I've ever seen. He um, definitely had a huge impact in how I am as a coach. Um, Zach Dakin, TCU, the whole Elon performance staff there, Andrew Benham with baseball. He's going to have a baseball position opening up in the spring. I know for an assistant, so that's going to be a great one. Um, I know uh, here, Scott Shipman, who I just got here, uh, he's my the director of baseball strength conditioning and, and my boss, and, and he's fantastic. He comes from the same coaching tree as Zach and Hunter, and and he's phenomenal. And you know, it, it's a great experience here. And yes, you have the resources, but more importantly, you're going to learn to coach at a high level and be held to that high standard. I would say another thing too is to act as if you're in the job you want, not necessarily the job that you have. So. For me as an intern, I try to put myself again as an assistant. Like, you know, at that, at that point I was an assistant within the program. I wasn't an intern. And I think by having that mindset, number one, it it puts you in a lot more of a better place to um, have more responsibility. Because when they see that you have this confidence that, hey, I'm an assistant on the floor, I'm not just an intern. I'm not standing in the back with my hands in my pockets or arms crossed. Like I'm getting in there. I'm trying to coach. And if I don't know what I'm coaching, I'm asking these coaches, Hey, what do we need for this session? You know, what do you want to see within these athletes? What do you, what are you really going to harp on within the session asking them? And then from there, you know, you're able to do a better job, at least from my perspective of how I approached all of my internships and everything like that, you know, didn't matter if I was an intern, didn't matter if I was a, uh, you know, part-timer or what I was coaching it. Like I was a full-time director. Like this was my team. Like I was in charge, but that's a fine line right there. You can't be too cocky about it. You can't steal the rug underneath your coach that you're working under, but you got to have the confidence to be able to put yourself on the floor, make yourself uncomfortable and being able to coach at a high level, like, you know, an assistant would if they were in your role. So I think at the end of the day, that puts you in a better position. It puts you in a better work ethic position. And um, I think that was one, another big thing that I took from my internships and something that put me ahead in terms of thinking of myself necessarily as a full-timer or something like that. So now when I got into some of those roles where I was part-time or I had groups to lead or now here at a full-time role, it's not so foreign, right? I'm not feeling like it's this huge canyon that I'm having to jump across for these past four years. I've been thinking of myself as the position that I am in right now. So it's not really much of a change. It's about doing what I've always been doing. Um, and again, I would say, you know, start as early as you can. It's something that, you know, when I ended up taking this job, I had a lot of, you know, my mentors say that this is how it should be done, right? It should be done that if you know that strength conditioning is something you want to do, start as early as you can start. If you can't start your freshman year, start your junior year, start your senior year, right? At least at that point, you'll have one year under your belt, two years under your belt. I mean, shoot, if you can do the whole four years, do it. I promise you it, it's, it's going to pay off in the end and it's going to put you in such a better spot to be able to have a great opportunity post-college 
And so you, then you don't have to post college with all, you know, these student loans or everything like that. And all these, you know, financial bills that you're having to work as an unpaid intern or anything like that and, um, have to manage even more financial stress, you know, kill two birds with one stone, get your degree intern within the program. And a lot of programs will let you lead. I mean, go out of your way. It's as simple as sending it as an email. I mean, with, with coach DeMarco at Elon, I literally just sent an email and I was like, Hey coach, I'd love to be able to shadow. I'd love to be like, you know, whatever you guys need done, you know, I'll, I'll help clean whatever. I just want to be able to see the program. And, you know, the same week that I sent that email, I was leading a football session. So, you know, or a football warm up, which as we know, didn't go great, but it's, it's as simple as being able to take initiative and reaching out, you know, again, like I said, people in this field aren't monsters. They aren't going to bite your head off. You know, it, it's, it's intimidating at first, but if you want something, go after it and start as early as you can. And I, I promise you if somebody who's in this position, it will pay off dividends in the future and, and put you in such a better position. And I think if more coaches did that, young coaches did that, it would um, put this field, I feel like in a better position to be able to have more ready coaches and um, for better opportunities. This wraps up another episode of the Team Builder Podcast. Be sure to stay up to date with future podcasts by subscribing. Thanks again for listening.